come and reminisce with us. This is 90s Till Infinity. It's Gav here from the guy who brought you BRL. 90s Till Infinity walks you down the road of the best decade ever, the 90s. Catch 90s Till Infinity on Mixcloud or a radio station near you or find us at 90s Till Show on Facebook and Instagram. Coastal Field, 90s till infinity. Keeping it retro. Reminisce with us. Blood yeah. the ground. BRL, son. Peace, this is Nelson Dialect. You tuned into Beats, Rhymes, and Live. This is Bonus B. You're listening to BRL. Yeah, this is Ray. You're listening to BRL. What up? It's 360. Yeah, yeah. This is Nick Loopy from One Day Spit Syndicate. I'm Seth Century. You're on Beats, Rhymes, and Life, and I endorse this product. Peace, family. This is El Fresh the Lion on Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Stay tuned. This is where hip hop lives. It is Beats, Rhymes and Life. And joining us on the phone, we've been building you up for three things. And um, I don't think you, I think you're going to balk at the uh, introduction I'm about to give you. But uh, I'd say pioneer, legend, and uh, I'd say you're probably an icon of Australian hip hop at this point. Earth Boy, welcome back to BRL. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't think I would ever use those words myself, but, th- but thanks for the introduction. It's good to chat to you. <laughs> the intro is a, a, a something of a, a motif of mine. I don't know how I do it. It's just so I can just pull some stuff to the top of my head, and uh, that's what came top of my head just then. So there you go. I don't and write off that. we go. Yeah, yeah. all good. <laughs> I don't write this stuff down, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah, don't. I, I feel yeah. Um, I feel yeah, but um, it's uh, it's good to have you back, and it's also good to have you back on tracks as well. Uh, it's been or a few years since the last record that I recall, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, new one on the way, and uh, you know, it's it's definitely more of a mature vibe. Of course, you know, we're all getting older, like, uh, you know, tracks like How Far We've Come, like, that song really hit me in the feels. <laughs> did it? it did. Uh-huh. I'm just like, ah. Oh. And maybe for the different, you know, different message or whatever, but I, I actually thought of it in the way of, like, the, the 20 years worth of being involved in uh, the Australian hip-hop scene because, you have been, you know, the Herds record dropped 20 years ago at this point. So it's just like, bro, uh, we have come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Look, um, it's been a while and yes, it, it is longer between drinks when it comes to putting out records just for, for all sorts of reasons. I guess most people can probably relate to the way that life kind of gets away from you, you know, whether mm-hmm. that be family or work. And as you get a bit older, you get a little bit less uh, indulgent time where you can just have space to to kind of luxuriate. I mean, at the time when yep. I'm younger, you don't think that you're luxuriating. But as you get a bit older, of course, you, your concept of time changes a little bit in the obligations that you've got. So that changes. It makes it a little bit more of a challenge to work out how how much of a priority um, music is and of course if you do music you have to be really selfish yes um, that's the only real way to to dedicate time and sacrifice other things in your life in order to prioritize the music so at some point along the way those that that compelling need to be a, an artist has to be you know balanced with how important it is to be a dad or how important it mm. is to you know, do do the work that you're doing, and yeah, how far we? I mean, this record is 
I guess it's, it is more mature and you're right. Like we get older mm. and you can't just go and make music. Like maybe what, what made heaps of sense to you when you were younger, you start thinking a little bit deeply or not even deeply, but just differently. Yes. And the priorities in your life, the things that are important, um, you know, the, those, they come to the surface. And for, for example, I, you know, you say, oh, it got me in the field. I think like that, that's the most fascinating thing to me about music now is like, how do you make people feel something? Like, and I don't really know, but that's to me the ultimate. Um, like, I don't want to just make angry macho music to, to, um, to fire you up. I mean, I'd love to. I'm just not that good at it. And there's so many people that are really good at it. And so let them take the ball and run with it. But for me, my objective is different now. And I want to write music that feels more that it connects with where I am at mentally, where I'm at emotionally and what, what sort of things are important to me now. So yeah, that's, that's something that I, I understand is a bit of a distinction in the mm. way that I make music now to, to how I may have once made it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, that's really the uh, definition of keeping it real, what you've just said. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is keeping it real. It's like, well, um, you're a dad, you're a business owner, you've got all, all that going on. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I can relate in uh, quite a few ways now. You know, I've got a toddler myself these days and, yeah, most of the time – any of the free time really mostly goes to him. I'll still make time for this show, but that the uh, times where I'd sit in a radio studio for like a day, just like yeah. coming up with ideas and whatever. Um, no, that that it, those are long gone, and uh, they're not coming back. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I now actually use um, quiet times as my job to plan, but you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, these things are still, it's an interesting way that, you know, the things that occupy our time come and go. And what I've found is that nothing really has to have a an absolute end point. You know, things can finish. Yes. And they can be picked back up. And things that are important to you. I mean, I, I played a lot of sport when I was younger. Mm. And then music took over. And then music pretty much became my entire. It, it took all of my time, and so sport took a big back seat. And as I've gotten a bit older, I've really, like in the last 10 years, I mean, I've like picked up a lot of sport. And I've gone back there, and I think that's because there's something inherently interesting or motivating about sport to me that mm. when I was ready to come back to it, I, um, I had all that foundation, and I went back into it with a lot of energy and Excitement, you know, like it's important to me. I, I enjoy it. Hmm. And I, I guess like with you and radio, you have to go through periods where it may be not as much of a um, a part of your routine as it once was. Yes. And um, that's because of the things that are, you know, things you can't drop. You can't drop some of the responsibilities that you got as a dad. Yes. So it's a real simple sort of equation there. but these things, the things that are important to you, they do tend to sort of weave in and out of your life. And, um, you know, some of my mates in the herd taught me that best. You know, yes. I would sometimes think in absolutes, you know, you, you, something goes wrong, you, you know, you, 
you take drastic, you know, measures. You you address it. You know, you you maybe you know lose your shit, whatever it is that yes. that makes you feel like you have to act in a particular type of way. But actually, just taking a bit of a deep breath and and looking at the situation and realizing that maybe you're the way that you're seeing that thing is not the full picture. And the, the full picture is sometimes pretty, you know, pretty um, startling, you know, it kind of takes you by surprise. You're like, oh, hang on, my, my whole way of measuring the right decision in this one, in this, in this one kind of context. Yes. Is maybe just because I've got some childhood shit that just is tr- <laughs> yeah. triggered and I, I don't know how to deal with this this difficult conflict or something. So I, I lash out the same way I deal with all my problems, you know, and then you realize, oh, actually, like, there's a whole other way. Like, we are, we're holistic people and there's a whole bunch of us that ourselves, it's incomplete. Yes. And so, yeah, you know, like, not, not necessarily needing to know everything or needing to kind of treat everything as, as, as if it's like, it's it's life or death gives you a little bit of a different perspective and you can, you can make space just for things to come back into your life you know mm, i uh, you've just literally spoken to like the last 3 years of my life right there <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the, the the whole pandemic thing slowed everything down uh i'd already made some changes but like if you spoke to me like five years ago that reactionary always getting into an argument always having to win all that kind of stuff which i still have you know, still have plenty of that there's always that there's always the the uh the male ego kind of thing of like how dare you blah 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 blah. you have disrespected me all that kind of stuff you, and then you just take a breather and go no most of this is like getting into some kind of troll comment or something like that or um having scraps with uh community radio management uh that kind of stuff or uh people below you in that tree, something like that. A bit of an overshare right now, but getting rid of all of that and just sort of concentrating on what's actually important, you know, like, yeah, yeah. all right, cool. Sure. I will get rid of all, get rid of that complete management side of the thing. I'll leave that radio station. We'll start BRL as a national form, which was kind of luck and timing at the same time. And uh, yeah. I'm much happier for it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Cut yeah. out the toxicity, and I mean that just it it turned out perfect. By the way, this part of the interview, I'll make a, a podcast version, not a radio version. <laughs> I'll keep your answer because it's perfect. But um, yeah, it's yeah, you just like, hit me right in the feels once again, Tim. You're th- you're thinking on a level that I just finally achieved in like the last twelve months. <laughs> I mean. You know, this is a constant evolution, right? Like, I just keep on, I mean, I've always been curious and curiosity is the reason why I keep on making music and keep on doing things and, and you know, without without saying this in a in an egotistical way, it's the same, I think it's a bigger explanation for why I'm still very active and a lot of people have had to, have to give up, mm. you know, music and, and, and let go is because I have a, a, a very strong and tenacious kind of sense of curiosity for this stuff and, mm. and I always look at new things that I haven't experienced or, or things that I haven't done well enough and I keep on wanting to go, kept me going in a lot of ways, but actually like, you know, mm. 
whether it be in an emotional sense, in a relationship sense, or in a work sense, or in music, or whatever it may be, there's always new things to discover. And if you're open and you're honest and you're kind of genuinely committed to, you know, to to having that um, growth, I guess you say, mm. is um, you, you always find out stuff about yourself that is um, maybe unwelcome or uncomfortable. You know, and if you yes. really want to tackle it, you go ahead and go, okay, well, I'm going to do the work on it. So, you know, we're constantly evolving. And, you know, when you, you, you I'm, I'm constantly curious about what, what comes next and what the, what the new learning is, you know. Indeed, and uh, it, uh, that goes into another point. Um, the, the as I mentioned before, 20th anniversary of an elephant never forgets was a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. it's got me sort of thinking about 20 years ago, and um, a lot of reminiscing on my part of like, yeah, that, those were the good old days sitting in the studio. Place had a weird smell to it, but we were just playing stuff like you guys and downside were just about to drop an album all that kind of stuff and then you yeah. think of 20 years later and uh, there's not many of those contemporaries left um and especially as a like a label um it's it's wild that basically it's it's you and hydrofunk and i'd say you guys are a bit more active in that regard you're the last one standing it would you say that's because of that tenacity um, it's a good question. I mean, someone said that to me the other day. They were like, sorry, I'm just washing my hands. You can hear that in the background. Just going to talk you through it. Oh, good. Commentating <laughs> the washing of hands. Came back from football. That's what dinner. Hey, um, I, I, someone mentioned it to me the other day and said, oh, look, you guys are the oldest indie hip hop label. And I thought about it and it's like, well, yeah, there's Hydro Funk. And I was thinking about it. I never, I, it hadn't occurred to me that that was something that, you know, had that, that moment had passed mm. us, you know, and I guess we don't really think about those types of achievements. It's more about what is the value that we offer and what is the role that we play in artists' lives and is there a relevance for us? And there's definitely been a lot of times where I've questioned that and I've wondered whether, you know, what we do is of value to the community. And I think at different times I can see well, there's lots of value that we bring. And then there's other times where I'm like, well, it, there, there's a distinction between some sort of a tokenistic, um, you know, nice feeling about a label that sticks around for a long time. Mm. But no one cares. No one really cares. Like it doesn't really matter to people. It doesn't have a... a um, an actual tangible effect on people's lives. It's just a nice feeling. Oh, there's a label that has kind of done this. So the question is not about getting a little, you know, cookie for lasting so long in in this really difficult music industry. It's like, well, what are we doing now that is actually bringing new value to the table? And that's something that we have to ask ourselves all the time. I'm constantly talking to myself and going, we cannot live, we can't rest on our laurels. We can't just sit here and pull up some old statistic of something that we've done and go, well, you know. And, and that's some, that's not always something that the whole team shares. Different people have different perspectives. Mm. And, uh, but, but my, my view is very firmly that if we don't continue to evolve and, um, and, and, and lead, you know, yes. and lead 
in our own way, then we should just pass the baton on, you know? And there's lots of different ways that you can lead and there's lots of different ways that you can evolve and there's lots of mistakes that you make in that process. And we we make mistakes as we go and there's definitely been, you know, we're a very imperfect label, but at the same time, I do know that lasting 25 years is hectic mm. and in this industry it's absolutely ruthless and cutthroat and we and all of our competitors have got you know much deeper pockets than us much bigger staffing levels much more extensive international connections so we're very much like the little guy in this changing world so we're really there are moments where I'm actually just do you know reflect and I'm proud of that. That is something that we've withstood multiple phases in this um, music field and in the culture of hip hop and the way that it's grown and developed in this country. Mm. Um, and we've 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 managed to sort of navigate through so many different pretty testing moments. None more testing than the last three or four years. But hey, we're still here. Yeah. We're all still here. It's wild. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I can't claim 25 years. I, I, I can maybe say 20, 21, but anyway, take away the 10 years of uh, not doing this show. And uh, then it's close to like, you know, 12. <laughs> but yeah, I still I call mean, it. Either way, at some point, you're a person who has acted with integrity and has contributed positively to the culture and whether that's six months or a year or whether that's 20 years it's we all make up like the the thing moving forward you know and i i I, um i i am just as inspired by people that had just sprung up into the culture Mm. as i am veterans you know what i mean Oh, absolutely, especially if you contribute. And there's different ways to contribute now than there was 20 years ago. As now it's a completely different game. It's just it's really? completely different game. And probably ways I couldn't understand cuz I never ran a label, but <laughs> you, you, yeah. you sort of you sort of get a look from a, you know that third that third row view as I like to say I have of this scene and yeah, uh, it's a, it's completely changed. It's a, it's a different world in a billion different ways. But yeah. um, I think one of the, I think one of the biggest things with labels here is a lot of the time artists have started them here, like hip hop labels. Oh, right. And true. I mean, you know, and, and that's one of the biggest challenges is that a lot of artists start them with grand ambitions for being able to turn around and do a better job that other that other people had done for them and they want to kind of build from that point but then a lot of artists find it extremely challenging um, egotistically because you have to humble yourself as soon as you are behind the scenes you're working for another artist and a lot of artists have trouble with that because a lot of artists go into that situation with a lot of authority and a lot of um, you know, connections mm. and either they start up a label under with a, you know, as a subsidiary to a major. Yes. And they've got, you know, they're bankrolled for a little while, but then at some point they have to cop shit from an artist who's pissed off because they haven't done a good job. And it's pretty difficult for artists. Mm. You know, this is why the role of the teams around an artist who do that label work is really valuable, you know, and, and people do a good job. People do a bad job. 
like anything, like, you know, there, there are people who are really, um, you know, have their heart in the right place, but terribly organized. There are mm. other people who just want to make a buck, but actually really know how to put a spreadsheet together. These people all have value on some sort of a level um, in the real world. It's not just cut. It's not just like black and white. It's not just like you're a good person who really loves the culture. You're a bad person. You don't love the culture. We, you know, sometimes different roles are needed to be, um, you know, different roles are needed to be played um, for the thing to work. And, uh, you know, that, that's one of the interesting things with a lot of labels that started off for artists and I, I feel for them because I've gone through it. I've gone through it multiple times mm. and I've, you know, luckily I've always been semi-committed to it. And so I've just sort of, I've, I've had to move and, and um, do soul searching through that humbling. But it's not, it's not, it's really celebratory. You know what I mean? Like it's mm. really, it's really like a glamorous side of the business running the, the indie label. It's usually just lots of no's, lots of rejection. Yeah. Just constantly. Uh, yeah, wild. It's it's uh, it's yeah, completely wild. Uh, I I just yeah, it, it's something that I I could never do. Like I <laughs> I thought about um putting together a like a compilation a couple of years ago, like you know, Culture oh, yeah. of King style. You know, like let's bring those back kind of deal. Um, yeah. Seven Sales are actually about to do it, but um. Yeah, I was I was thinking. Yeah, I, I've got the connections. This could happen really easy. And then I just got told about just some of the work that you'd have to do. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, at this stage. I'm like, Mrs. is pregnant. I don't have time for this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, that was yeah. just like looking at just the back end, like sorting out the fees, like just in case it actually made a profit and you could maybe pay people who wanted to be involved in some kind of way and even like, you know, do the right thing by the artist. But whew, just the back end paperwork alone, I was like, nah, bro. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there's a time where you might change your mind, but yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it'd just be, it would be kind of cool. It, it, I still think it's a pretty cool idea, but you know, I'll let people who've had a lot more experience do that. So, um, you know, uh, shouts to <laughs> the seven sales boys um, from Adelaide. So um, yep. now let, let's um, let's talk about the actual sound of the record. And I've got one more question, which I think will be near and dear to both of our hearts, but we'll save that for the back end. Uh, uh-huh. The uh, so who who produced this record? Like it's um it's got a it's got a completely different sound to a lot of your previous work. So yeah, um, who's behind the boards there? Hey, so you were asking about the producers. So I worked with the first, for the first half of the record with a guy called I Am Solo and funnily enough, a guy called Solo. Yes. I Am Solo is like much more of a new school guy where it produces a whole bunch of one, four stuff, produces a whole bunch of nookie stuff. And he's, he's really kind of in that, that new school lane, really interesting artist. Love mm. working with him. Um, I, uh, and Solo from the herd. So I've got a long relationship with him. Love him. He's one of my best mates. Um, I've worked with a guy called, uh, RFP, which is a, a producer from Melbourne called Rory, really good, talented producer. Right. Um, Nick Martin, who did second heartbeat and the arrow is on this record, a couple of beats. 
And then it all came together with Pitt Norman, who I've worked with on every single record of mine. He's a, you know, he's he's not so much of a hip hop guy. He produced the Signal back in the day. All right. On on every single record of mine, he's either coming in as a producer, just producing beats, or he's executive produced and sort of overseeing a lot of the process. And we've collaborated and written together on it. So those are the key people involved. Right, right. So, um, yeah, a whole uh, mix of folks, and uh, that reflect across the whole record as well. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I mean, I don't really have a scientific um, process when it comes to choosing beats and how to go about. I just mm. respond to things that I I connect with, and I'm trying to constantly break into new spaces sonically and. I'm always wanting to go into the next thing and find something new. And I don't want to just repeat myself. I mean, funnily enough, a lot of my fans just want me to keep into a pretty consistent lane. So most of the times where I do really try and break out of it, it's generally not, you know, it's not always like commercially successful decisions, but creatively as an artist, I've got to kind of, I mean, you know, you just got to do something that makes you tick. Yes. And so... Um, sometimes I'm making music and it's just crickets, you know, people are just like, oh yeah, it's all right, you know. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, the new record's kind of a, a balance. It's probably not as, as, you know, new school as what I, where I was going. All right. And I mean, if I could have gone further, I would have, but it's just the way that the songs came together. They, when I finally did put the album playlist together, I was like, these songs just work together, so I do feel like it's a, you know, somewhat of a coherent body of work. Outstanding. So uh, people will be able to uh, grab this through the uh, pre-orders and such because uh, it's this wearing this this weekend. So I'll do the pre-order. Pre-order is still available up until day off, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've got a real limited edition um, pressing of the vinyl. And, uh, yeah, we made this journal, like custom-made journal and, and t shirt So, you know, when you're putting records together, you sort of have to create a bigger story and part of that is the pre-order package and you make a bunch of, you know, limited edition things that you're not going to, you know, work on again. So you try and make, mark the occasion. Absolutely. I'm literally on the page now looking at all the uh, different packages. There's a whole bunch you can get uh, pretty much – anything, any kind of style of package that you want. There's like 10 or 12 here. So uh, definitely go and hit up that pre-order and uh, go cop the Saviour LP. And uh, by the way, one last question before you go. Yep. Last year in yeah. September, me and you had a bad Saturday afternoon. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, how, how do you think How do you I, think this year is going to go? Oh, Quietly optimistic. I, I mean, all the stats, all the stats say when you get pumped in a granny, you're going to have a flat next year. So that's what everyone's saying. Yeah. So now, now I guess, oh, well, we've got a point to prove. Hopefully, hopefully. I, anyway, I hope it isn't St Kilda in that regard. You know, twenty ten <laughs> team that yeah. died of a broken heart kind of deal. It's like, because yeah. Well, I was at that game. Oh, you were there. Oh, I mean, no. At the, at the granny last year with my daughter. It was a pretty average day. Oh, bro. Like, yeah, I, 
I um I was I was not a good supporter. I just went. I can't watch this. I I, I watched twenty fourteen, yeah. and that was mm. pretty. That was bad enough. Misses made me watch the whole thing of that. Um, you know, twenty sixteen up until you know last you know about halfway through that fourth quarter, we mm. were right there, and mm. uh, yeah, and then getting absolutely just annihilated like last year. Yeah. I was like, ah, can 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 I win one again? I, I know just one, but I'd prefer to just you know delete the last ten years and just remember twenty twelve. Then, <laughs> yeah, for sure, it was like we were shell shocked. Anyway, anything's up from there, right? Yeah, so come on, Swannies, mm. let, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I'll tag you in next time um, we we have a great win over the Cats. Yes, yeah, you know, let's, um, it, it won't mean as much, but I'd like to absolutely just, like, crush them this year. Just yeah. go, just, just do them in their home ground. Actually, we do tend to beat them in Geelong we as well. So. We've had a pretty good record against them too, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess they're like, well, take that. That was for 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Davis. We we needed a Nick Davis and an Adam Goods and uh, a whole bunch of those people for that. that. Yeah, we needed needed 42 players too, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad day. But, you know, go Swannies. (laughs) Indeed. Right there. Anyway, um, the album Saviour is available uh, as of next week. Pre-order is available at Elephant Tracks website pretty much. That's on, yep. Indeed. ElephantTracks.com, hit it up. Uh, a whole bunch of packages there, so uh, definitely go and get it. And uh, we'll, we'll play a track from the upcoming record right now here on BRL. Thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for the chat, man. Great to chat. Dropping EDM, hip-hop, and a bunch of best beats programs around. If you want bangers, you'll be in the right place with Tune One. TuneOne.com.au. That's Tune, the number one, .com.au. Tune One, proud show sponsor.